Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? Transform your yard into a food forest and create a system for self-reliance that's easy and enjoyable with our friends at Food Forest Abundance. No matter where you're starting from, you can become more self-reliant. And you can take your self-reliance to the next level by becoming a producer of your own food through growing and foraging. And learn how to turn your property into an income-producing source of economic self-reliance. They can help you get off-grid and learn what systems to employ for food, water, and energy self-reliance. And live abundantly and in full connection with your property and what you produce. Click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest and have your own sustainable source of livelihood and become self-sufficient with food forest abundance. Just click the link in the description to get started with your very own food forest today. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Today, my guest is Kyle Rainey. First, a couple of announcements. If you want to advertise with us, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We have amazing pricing for packages and individual ad options, and we work with you to produce the most effective ad possible, and we reach a huge audience. So come check us out. Our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. It's also the home of the Forbidden Knowledge Network. You're going to find some of your favorite podcasts from our community there. Forbidden Knowledge News is always available on Rockfin, Odyssey, Rumble, and all podcast platforms. Go check us out on Rockfin because that's where you get our premium content. You also get all the premium content from every creator on Rockfin for only $10 a month. You can also create a free account and get access to tons of free content, including all our regular free shows. You just go to rockfin.com slash fknplus or click the link in the description to sign up. Today I want to welcome Kyle the Rain Man Rainey. He is creator and host of the Big Dumb Podcast. The show started in November of 2020, and while it was never intended to be a conspiracy-slash-alternative topic show, the events of the world drove the show in that direction, and now there's no looking back. From guest interviews, current events, beer reviews, and more, the Big Dumb Podcast has fun every step of the way. Kyle, welcome. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm so good, man. Thanks again, Chris, for having me on. I do appreciate it. Uh, happy to be here and excited to uh, get into it with you today a little bit. Hell yeah, man. It's great to have you on. Like I was telling you before, you're another wonderful podcast from our community. Another great example of what's happening, I believe, on a global level. People are speaking and seeking knowledge and truth. And mm -hmm. it is. It's, it's a massive awakening. You can't really deny that. Uh, your podcast is now among my many choices when looking for something to listen to, which is another <laughs> wonderful thing. All these choices of podcasts. I remember back in the day, there was only... A very few to listen from. You had your Leap Project, uh, Higher Side Chats, Coast to Coast, uh, Veritas, a few other ones like that. But now I got a list that's endless to listen to. It's wonderful. Uh, now, this is your first time on, man. Tell us, tell us about yourself. Tell us how you got started the show and a little bit about your background. All right, man. Well, I'm, uh, thanks again. But uh, yeah, I'm just a normal guy. Uh, I'm tw I just turned 26, so a little on the younger side. Um, and as a young, dumb guy, I was like, I would get drunk on the weekends with my uh, best friend and neighbor and we would just talk shit. He wasn't into conspiracies or alternative media or government cover ups or anything like that. So 
I would always just try to school him while we're, you know, eight beers deep <laughs> playing darts. And, uh, and then, you know, eventually we were like, dude, we should have recorded this. You know what I mean? At, maybe we shouldn't have, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, no one was asking for it. Right. Uh, but we said, all right, let's do it. Let's make it happen. We were just going to kind of do, a, you know, like have our little powwows together and record it. But we started the podcast uh, November of 2020, like the first, like I think on Election Day, we released our first episode. So we kind of we, we, he didn't want to, but we kind of just developed into this kind of conspiracy stuff because it was my show. You know, I was running it and I kind of forced him to come along with me. And it's just that's what it's been ever since, man. And the world has only gotten crazier um, and it's going to continue to get crazy, I believe. And I like what you said, too, about having a bunch of choices for podcasting, man. I think it's wonder a wonderful thing. As you said, this community grows every day. Uh, and it, a lot of it's from normal people like you and I who just have a have a thirst for this knowledge, want to share the truth and and look for it with uh, like minded people. And hopefully, you know. If I if if ten people listen to my show and learn something from it, or at least get curious and start asking questions, then I've done my job, man. This is just for fun for me, and uh, I'm, if it helps people, great. And if not, that's fine too. But then there's you know big hitters like you, and as those shows you mentioned, higher side chats, things like that, where they really go deep. And uh, for those who are interested, my show is a little more on the lighter side. It's fun. We get into some you know silly topics and sometimes serious topics, but we try to keep it light and and have a good time. So that's me. Um, nothing else too exciting. I'm a carpenter by day. Um, and yeah, man, it's, uh, it's good to be, uh, on the show with you and, uh, you know, exploring the possibilities <laughs> right on man. Yeah. Exploring the possibilities and looking into conspiracies is, is one thing, but having the kind of, um, I guess you could say verification and mm. uh, the kind of proof that some of the things, most of the things that I've been looking into for a very long time are actually true. And I think uh, 2020 and beyond was pretty much a vindication year for a lot of us, a lot of us that have been looking into this stuff. How long mm. have you been looking into the the deep conspiratorial stuff? Well, I have to, I always throw it back to my dad. Um, he was a, a crackhead and, uh, you know, a drug dealer and a meth. I mean, he was just all kinds of fucked up. Uh, but he because of that, he was always extremely paranoid. And he would uh, tell me about aliens when I was a little kid and just kind of drop stuff here and there that like, you know, a, an eight year old probably doesn't need to be hearing about. But um, and, and so because of, of the rocky relationship I had with him, uh, I kind of turned that stuff off. I was kind of uh, against all that kind of thinking. And as I got older, I kind of started to see things happen. Uh, I was always into aliens and, you know, 9-11, stuff like that. But it was uh, election night 2016. I was in college for liberal arts. I, I was a theater major. So I was with a bunch of, you know, women and gay dudes. It was uh, I, I, I was very lucky. <laughs> got, the girls loved me in college. Yeah, so did the boys, but, I, but not my thing. And uh, we were watching the election uh, in the dorms. And when it became apparent that Donald Trump was going to win or rather that Hillary was going to lose, I just saw all these people start to cry and weep and scream as if they were going to be lined up and shot by a firing squad the very next day. And to, this, something clicked for me at that moment. Like, I didn't like Trump, but I thought it was kind of cool. You know, I was like, oh, this is funny, you know, because I didn't give a shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I started really looking into stuff like, OK, so somebody along the way has lied to me uh, about this guy, about Hillary, all this stuff. Right. And from then on, it just became a slow process. I started, this was back when Reddit was really, uh, you know, helpful. It's kind of gone down the drain since then, but man, just going into Reddit rabbit holes, things like that. And then, yeah, 2020, I was like, uh, okay, I got to start doing something about this. You know what I mean? So like uh, many others, I started a podcast, but I've always been aware of these things, but it really was, uh, 2016 when, uh, I started really going deep and doing my research and things like that. So. Right on. Well, we've really kind of devolved, if what depends on how you look at it, since 2020. Uh, the agendas have been coming fast and furious, and except I think that everything is unraveling for uh, the side that's on the wrong side of history. Those mm -hmm. uh, the globalists, the elites, whatever you want to call it. I think uh, that they went in too hard and fast, and they're making too many mistakes. And 
this awakening process that everybody was going through was going to happen either way, but I think that they actually pushed it to where it was it's occurring even faster than it should. Mm. And there's all kinds of strange things that just in the past few months that have been accumulating on top of each other that it's like some kind of playbook from the book of Revelations that these guys are following. And we have mm-hmm. the weird like Georgia Guidestones being destroyed the other day. And then yeah. now a uh, lightning hits this obelisk. And I, I did, I forget where exactly. I don't know if you heard that I think story. It was in Spain. Yeah, yeah, I think it was in Spain, I believe. So yeah, we got some, some weird of, shit uh, happening, man. Did you think that we would kind of uh, that that this the the progress the the progressive um, nature of these events that we've seen? Did you think it would be this quickly, and that we would be at this stage that we are right now? Well, I'm surprised we're not further along. Honestly, um, I mean, I take it back to old coast to coast up like in the '90s with Art Bell. He talked about the quickening, right? It seemed like with the internet and with this new technology age we were entering, things just started to happen at a much faster pace. Um, from you know, very uh, seemingly you know once in a decade events happening once a year, and now it's happening almost once a month, if not a couple times a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's funny you mentioned the Georgia Guidestones. I I'm, I didn't know if you had talked about that yet with anybody, but. Um, it, I, I saw a post on uh, Instagram or something the other day, and I actually let me pull it up real quick because it was fascinating. It said this guy two days before uh, the, the stones came down, he posted in some, I don't know, conspiracy Facebook chat or whatever. And it says, be ready for 34 satanic buildings to be hit by the rods of God or blown up by new military technology. Uh, I have yet to get a full list as I can't remember all of them. And he mentions the White House, some t- uh, some places in Germany, the Washington Monument, the Vatican, the England English Palace and the Georgia Guidestones. And he ca- he said this two days before they were hit. And if you've seen the video of the Georgia Guidestones, it's some serious, you know, demolition uh, yeah. stuff going on. I actually met with um, Mick and V. Lynn from the Patriot Party podcast yesterday in person. It was really cool. They were driving through town and I asked Mick about it because he's former special forces. I said, what kind of explosives would, would that take? And he said it was like a compound B or something like that, like a, a weaker C4 type of uh, explosive. And I mean, I don't think an average person could get their hands on that kind of uh, equipment. So this does seem like it has to be now my conspiratorial mind is saying, okay, this could be the elites trying to cover their tracks. But at the same time, not a lot of people know what the Georgia Guidestones are and what's written on them. So this brought a lot of attention to it. So I don't know, man. I, I, I have a hard time determining whether these events are good or bad, because right. like you said, there's a kind of that book of revelations feel to a lot of the things going on. So it just depends on how you look at it. Is it a positive? Is it a negative? I took I take it as a win that we mm-hmm. don't have to deal with those Georgia Guidestones anymore. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, do they need? Can they take these down because their plan is already in effect and it's going to be completed, you know, down to 500 million people? That's I mean, that's the scary part. Right. But, you know, just on the surface, it seems like a win to me. Yeah, it is a definitely I could say smells of orchestration behind it. I think that there is something going on to tie into the overall theme of where we're headed. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. I usually go off my gut instinct with these, and my gut is not a good feeling about this for some reason. I know that everybody's cheering and saying, you know, this could be the uh, the white hats taking out the deep state, and like you said, the rod of God and all these uh, underground military technologies. I don't know. They've all that stuff has let me down so far, like all the the QAnon stuff and the, the White Hats and they're coming to save us. You know, I mean, it's my opinion that no one's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. And if this stuff is actually happening, like, you know, they're, they're taking out monuments and stuff like that. I don't know if it's to be trusted to where it's it's for our benefit in any way. You know, you've got to right. show me something else than blowing up a building to where, you know, you're going to show me that we're making progress or, or you're on our side or we're winning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just causing destruction at this point. I, You know, even though it is the symbolism of the monument represents something that's perceived as negative to some people, we don't know what the, you know, the, the obelisk could have 
it, it does have many, many different ancient meanings. It could have been an ancient power plant. It could have, it does symbolize uh, the, the phallic um, representation mm-hmm. in many different cultures. So it's, it, it has different meanings to different people. But, you know, to say it's satanic, here's another thing. Satanism is completely just flipped on its end. It's not even what people think it is. Um, you know, the, 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 the entity Satan doesn't even exist as people think it is. Um, yeah. Satanism is something that's been also twisted and flipped upside down, just like every other type of um, religion or, you know, cult or, or group following that people have had. We we don't know the origins of it. We definitely have amnesia about our spiritual history. So all these ancient buildings, or even the Georgia Guidestones, we don't even know who, who built these damn things. So to yeah. say it's the Illuminati's, uh, you know, symbol that they want to, you know, to depopulate the world, maybe it is. But, you know, maybe it's not, and we don't know what the hell's going on, and there's a lot of speculation, and that's like all of my Facebook feed, and it's like, you guys don't know what the hell's going on. Why are you making these, uh, you know, because the second you you have your mind up or you set your belief in something, and that, you know, falls apart or that paradigm is shifted or shattered, what are you going to do then? That's happened so many times just in the yeah. past couple of years. People yeah. need to learn not to stick to those guns so much. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Well, who doesn't? Although we can't promise you superpowers, we can help you feel like a superhuman with our friends at Ascent Nutrition. Ascent Nutrition is making a huge difference in this community, and they have a new product that we absolutely love, Pine Pollen. Last year, several prominent scientists started speaking out about the power of pine trees and the benefits they can offer us. Ascent Nutrition offers raw, wild-crafted pine pollen. Pine pollen contains 200 nutrients in it, making it a true superfood. It's nature's highest source of phytohormones, which support hormone and libido health for men and women. Pine pollen also supports brain health, detoxification, as well as many facets of cardiovascular health. Their pine pollen is selling fast. It's literally flying off the shelves. Ascent Nutrition is on a mission of offering deeply transformative and helpful nutrients to as many people as possible to help bring about a great collective shift in human consciousness and human health. To order your pine pollen supply and check out everything Ascent Nutrition has to offer, use the link in the description or visit GoAscentNutrition.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your entire purchase. I think we've seen some of that too, where, you know, I think a lot of people were on the Q Q train, whether they want to admit it or not. Um, And if you didn't learn, it's okay if you were, uh, because I I wasn't super into it, but I was following it. I was keeping up with it, right? Uh, and I was let down, obviously. And if you did, don't learn from those experiences that you had mentioned, where where you stick your you know stake in the ground, and saying this is definitive, this is what's happening, you're going to be let down regardless. Even if you are right to some extent, it's never going to be a hundred percent. And uh, like you said, you know, I don't know whether these things are good or bad. We need a little more explanation or some show of intention because we know the FBI, we know these uh, alphabet agencies love to either create or allow events to occur and then flip it on unsuspecting individuals. Right. So this whole Georgia Guidestones thing could be labeled as an act of domestic terrorism. And then everyone who, you know, supported it or, you know, cheered for it, then becomes public enemy number one persona non grata, however you want to look at it. So I think we do have to be careful. Uh, It's fun to participate in the cheering. Right. I love it. I was like, hell yeah, we, we've got one. But then you do have to take a step back and say, okay, what's going on here? Why did this occur? Um, But, you know, in these last few weeks, it does seem to be some sort of battle going on uh, more in the forefront, right? Um, Our focus is off of Ukraine. It's more domestic, right? With the the economy, the school shootings, things like that, Uh, the, the Supreme Court stuff, all of these things seem to, you know, be conflicting, right? The, the Supreme Court legalizes, uh, you know, open carry or, you know, 
says laws that go against that are unconstitutional. And then the, the two days later says, you know, abortion is now up to the states, right? Which causes a flurry of, you know, it's a win for some people, you say on the right. And then for some people, it's a win on, on the left or a loss. I mean, it's kind of crazy what's going on here. Um, I think we just, there's obviously a, a lot of it's distraction. We kind of have to be vigilant. And I love what you said too, like no one's coming to save us. We have to save ourselves. And I think through this awakening process that you had mentioned, I think the world, if you if you believe in kind of the power of the mind and the power of the individual, we can sort of, you know, change how events are perceived or how they happen just with our perception of the world, right? Um, so I think there's a net positive for most people. People are kind of realizing that no, no one's coming to save them. We have to do things ourselves. So I, I see that as a net positive out of all of this chaos is that people are realizing, hey, I got to take care of me and mine. I got to, you know, start a garden, uh, you know, buy some Bitcoin or, you know, get out of this job that I hate. Don't trust the government. All these things that are happening right on a massive scale. Um, I think that's a net positive that we have to at least acknowledge and say, OK, this is a good thing, even though it might be hard. The times might be getting a little difficult as we move forward. You know, at least we kind of know that. uh it's up to us to make a difference, right? Yeah, 100%. And something else that causes people to ultimately believe or go a certain direction is because they still believe what they're seeing on the television from the media. All these events, like you mentioned, these shootings, and um, mm -hmm. even on a larger scale, you have events like 9-11, uh, the Vegas shooting, even mm -hmm. I, I believe the, the assassination of JFK. These are all events that are intended to push humanity into a certain direction. And lately, mm -hmm. like you said, these events have been ramping up and ramping up and they have – it's like uh, they, they have a different one every week, but a different agenda. And I don't know if it's because they're frantically losing and they just want to try to throw anything they can at us and see what sticks or if this is just all part of the plan i know that people are more confused and divided than they've ever been even in like our own community we don't even oh, know who to yeah. trust we've got yeah. people being inserted in here from like three letter agencies to muddy the waters uh especially in the like ufo and spiritual community it's getting crazy so uh discernment is definitely key if you're going to be swimming in these waters uh you know checking out is one thing just you know doing your own thing and you living your life and not participating in the system that's wonderful but if you actually want to try and do something against it man you got to mm -hmm. use some discernment when trying to present information for sure and discernment is probably one of the hardest uh attributes to actually uh to use correctly if that makes sense it's it's not easy discernment is not easy it takes a lot of trial and error and it kind of is subjective to a lot of a lot of factors um you know, but it, it is very important. And I think it's something that we have to try. And as you mentioned, too, within the community, there's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of disagreements and stuff. But I always say we have to remember why we're all doing this right to get to the truth, to at least or at least call out the lies. Right. And, and bring some awareness to what's going on. So we just have to be careful. Remember why we're all here. And, uh, you know, it's not not for us on an individual level. It's for all of us. Right. It's for the, the larger community. And in the world at large, we have to be careful uh, to not turn people off because of the infighting or the paranoia or the suspicions and things. I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I every other person I talk to, I'm like, hmm, in the back of my head, like they might be a Fed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, it's it's also the uh, the theatrics of the media. I'm not going to say that everything we see on TV is fake, but. Everything we see on TV is probably fake. No, it, it's it's uh, controlled to a certain degree. It's theatrics to a certain degree. It's showmanship. And yes, it's a lot of deception. Maybe they sprinkle some truth in here because they can't tell us complete bullshit every time we turn on the TV. But they mm -hmm. have to suck us in there. And it's not just your mainstream media. It's not just your news. It's movies. It's even you know your local news. It, this trickles down to where the propaganda and the indoctrination is a part of our everyday lives everywhere we look from our, the television to our education system to even down to your local levels of the way they run businesses. Um, mm -hmm. It's all based on this old system that's crumbling right now, and that's it's a wonderful thing. But when we're looking at the 
the theatrics of everything and the staged events. Did you did you realize to the level, uh, say even you know a few years ago, that the media and what we're shown on the news is completely scripted? Uh, mm. CIA works with Hollywood. Hollywood works with CIA. They have a symbiotic relationship. CIA writes for Hollywood, and Hollywood writes for reality. They write for real life, and it's mm. all the same thing. We have actors that are politicians, and they have no—they have no idea about politics, but they're a great actor, and yeah, we well, see this all I, over I, the place. Yeah, so, and I, I like I said earlier, I went to school for for acting. I actually got an acting and directing degree. And man, I mean, I can tell when someone has been trained, you know what I mean? Trained how to speak, how to present themselves, because it's it's very basic acting techniques. It's like acting 101. You learn it freshman year, you know, and then obviously there's more advanced stuff. But once you realize how much uh, things are scripted and to your question, did I realize this? Yeah, man, I I realized in 2016 in the middle of my uh, uh, theatrical training that I was being lied to on a mass, you know, from the very beginning, because once at that moment where you realize, even if let's take the news away from it, right? Let's say you have a friend and they lie to you once, right? You're going to be weary and you catch them in that lie. You're going to be weary of them to trust them as much going down the line. And if they continue to lie and lie and lie to you and then gaslight you and tell you that you're the crazy one, you're not going to believe anything they say. You might hang out with them, right? Like, you know, on Thanksgiving or, you know, on the weekend, like, hey, buddy, just come over, hang out. Like, and if you have that kind of relationship with the news, you're, you're much better off where it's just like, okay, I might turn you on every now and then while I'm at my mom's house, if she, you know, if she watches Fox News or whatever, and just to see what's going on, right? But you have to have that that uh, healthy skepticism of, of what's going on. Um, there's... There's it's all it's all scripted, man. Once you realize that their eyes, the tel- the camera is behind the teleprompter. So when they're looking into the camera, there's lines going across the screen that they're reading and you see it, you see it and it's everywhere. And even like down to like advertisements and reality TV shows, all of these things are scripted, which I think is why podcasting is becoming so popular because it's for the most part, it's not scripted, right? There might be a format or, you know, a, a kind of a structure to certain shows. But for the most part, most people that are doing this are just getting on here, uh, sharing what they know, sharing the research they've done, having these conversations. And I think people inherently in their nature crave that, right? They crave authenticity. They crave, um, you know, genuine human connection, which is what we've lost. We've lost that through the technology, through the lockdowns, through uh, COVID, all of these things, we've lost that human connection. And it's hard to get back, right? Once you lose something like that, it's hard to get back. But there's something in us that is kind of calling to do that. That's, I mean, that's why I started the show up because I can't talk about this stuff with any of my friends in real life. You know what I mean? I, I try to, I try to bring up little things here and there. And man, they just, you know, shut me down or tune out or, uh, you know, just say, okay, whatever, Kyle, you're crazy. And uh, so I had, I, I was going to lose my mind if I didn't do something, right? So uh, finding people, uh, even though we're talking through the, the ether of the internet, right? Uh, we're, we're having a genuine connection. And that's something that I was missing for a long time because I, in acting school, dude, everyone's fake. Everyone's lying to you. They're all trying to get ahead. And, and then when you go into the business world where you're working, everyone's fake. It's all political. You can't say certain things because HR will come and get you uh, and you'll lose your job or you can get an off-color joke that maybe like, you know, is funny and other, everyone else knows is funny. Someone might hear it down the hall and you're fu- So it's like self-censorship to the max. It's putting on a facade and we all do it, right? When we go to our grandma's house, we behave a certain way. When we go to work, we behave a certain way. But when we're in our personal time and with our, our immediate family and friends, we shouldn't have to censor ourselves like that, uh, which is why I'm doing the show, man, because it's uh, something that um, is missed a lot. You know, and like my fiance, uh, we're getting married in two weeks. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, this is actually my last podcast for the rest of the month, so I can focus on that. Um, but uh, she, she, she kind of lets me blab, blab, blabber and talk about this stuff with her. But and she's like, OK, she's supportive. Right. But she's never going to go into it like, you know, that I can talk with you or, or someone else about. So um, it, it's just that kind of uh, that kind of genuineness that you need to have. Right. 
Yeah, it's like uh, it's a community. It's this camaraderie. It's that uh, feeling that uh, you know brotherhood that you can talk mm-hmm. with uh, all these people in our community about anything. That's what I love about this too. You know, I'm in the same boat. I can't talk to my family or close friends about any of this stuff. They would think I'm well. They already do. But you know, um, this is uh, our outlet here for all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, now, there's f- throughout everything that has been happening, even for hundreds and hundreds of years. There's been Many desired outcomes for these globalists, the elites, whatever you want to call them, them, they, those. There's been many <laughs> desire, seemingly desired outcomes, um, and lately a lot of those have started to kind of – you start to see the direction that they're headed, you know, with the, the, the injections, the, um, you know, the depopulation agendas, the, uh, the viruses, the pandemics, and then the wars – and it never seems – oh, and then we have our technocratic angle where they want you to go into the metaverse, the transhuman. I mean they have all these Financial different kind of – slavery system, the debt system that right. we're in, all the things. Yeah. So they have all – but they, they have different kind of directions seemingly that they're wanting to go. That's why I think there's different factions at the top kind oh. of fighting for control over the direction uh, that they want humanity to go. But I mm-hmm. think that all of them are losing because none of those things are coming to fruition. You know, you look at uh, back when the the experimental injections were getting ramped up, we would think that all kinds of people, well, people are dying, but I don't think it's to the extent that we thought it would be. I think that uh, with the the Ukraine thing, they just put this out there either as they want to push it to that level of war or death – but it doesn't happen, or it's just a fear tactic to keep us in the perpetual state of fear, thinking mm-hmm. that these things are going to happen. Now, either way, it's not good, and we're we're under this this system of control that's killing us. But it seems like as as a whole that we have kind of not uh, gone along with one particular agenda enough for it to come to fruition, and that's another reason why I think that we may be on the better side of history right now. Yeah. Well, and particularly with those two things that you had mentioned, right. With, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and the, the, the cure for the disease, right. And then Ukraine, um, you can certainly look at those events as, you know, some sort of, uh, mass death or fear based, uh, you know, control. Uh, but then I always try to do this. It's, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right. Uh, follow the money. I mean, just look at what the COVID, I mean, COVID was the largest transfer of wealth in history. And, uh, you know, they're still making money off this stuff off of us, right? We're paying, even though you can go get the shot for free, you can get five of them for free if you want. You're paying for it somehow, right? And then with Ukraine, that's another money laundering uh, uh, scheme, in my opinion, right? It just seems like it's, uh, Ukraine has been notorious for uh, the the illegal dealings when it comes to uh, energy and oil and uh, you know, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and money laundering. I think most elites of the world do their dirty laundry in Ukraine. And I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know what Putin's intentions are, but it seems like whatever's going on, we're trying, the, the, the NATO countries are trying really hard to, to cover up whatever is going on there. Uh, and at the same time, you know, we just left Afghanistan last year. Uh, so they're all that money going to the military industrial complex is had stopped flowing. So now what we're doing is we're giving Ukraine uh, all of our old shit, all our old weapon systems and, uh, you know, giving them our money f- to buy these systems from us. And then we're just buying new stuff from the uh, private uh, military contractor. So I think it's a it's a big money laundering scheme. Um, I think if Russia really wanted to, they could wipe out. Uh, Ukraine uh, very quickly, uh, but maybe perhaps perhaps not with the the equipment we've been supplying them. But it just seems like most of these things that we're experiencing, uh, it, it, at least in some form, are a money laundering uh, scheme. Whether it's COVID, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's uh, inflation, right? Whether it's um, I mean the the school shootings and the gun lobby things, like right? That's all you know. W- once one of those things happen, man, gun sales go up. Right. Uh, stock prices for certain companies go up. Right. And even 9-11, we saw the the to go back a little bit. We saw money laundering uh, on an insurance level and then the new uh, you know requirements for airports and things like that. People already had their their ducks in a row as soon as that thing went down and they made a lot of money off of it. So, 
yes, uh, these things can be perceived as evil and uh, causing mass death and destruction, but someone's getting rich off of it. Someone's left, uh, you know, with holding the bag, like the good bag, right? Not the bad bag, but right. yeah, it's, right. it's a lot of money laundering going on. Yeah, you know, I think there is a level above the money and wealth, and I think that there's yes. a spiritual yep. level. I think that there's whenever a lot of a lot of researchers that are um, stuck in the material and don't really look in the spiritual stuff, they hit a wall when they get to a certain level of research. When they say, "Oh, these guys are doing occult rituals. Oh, these guys were shipping baphomet. Oh, these guys are you know out sacrificing children and drinking babies' blood, mm-hmm. doing all these crazy things that you would never believe that you know." Uh, elite globalists or, you know, uh, politicians would be doing, but it's very much a part of their reality. They believe in this stuff very much. And Mm -hmm. once you get to a certain level, you have to, you have to kind of cross that veil and get into the spiritual realm, the occult realm, uh, paranormal, things that you don't understand that these guys definitely deal with and they believe and they understand. So uh, I think that in order to effectively find out what's really going on and go deep as you can, you have to look at some of these kind of terrifying levels uh, of what's happening, right? Yeah. And as you said in the beginning of that statement, uh, you kind of hit this wall. And I I find myself doing this all the time when I'm looking into something, I'm doing research and it turns out, oh, this is some weird shit people are involved in. But I don't I don't know enough about these things. I understand it. Right. I understand the spiritual war and things like that. But I'm one of those people who hits a wall and I'm like, well, okay, they're doing that. But what does it mean? Right. What does it mean? Obviously, there's some sort of spiritual aspect to everything that happens. Right. Um, but I think just as you said earlier with the many factions and the many uh, outcomes that they're hoping for, I think the same applies to the the, the spiritual side. There's many uh, occult secret societies, many different sects and, and groups that practice perhaps different rituals or have different gods or different, uh, you know, idols or whoever they worship and, and how they do it. And I think that's also happening, not just on the dark side, but on the, the side of good uh, or light. Uh, I think the same thing is happening as well. I think there's a lot of uh, different groups uh, practicing, you know, the spiritual war. Um, and, I, you know, it's hard to determine who's worse than the other or who's do, who's the good guy. I mean, obviously, you can tell who's good and bad, but, you know, the devil's very good at, uh, you know, seeming like your best friend. So uh, I, I do hit that wall, man. And it's it's hard to because once you get into that research in particular, let's say you're following a topic and then you hit to this hit this wall of, oh, there's some occult stuff going on here. It's really hard to navigate those waters, man, unless you you know, you got to spend a lot of time and uh, energy. And it's it's hard on you, too. If you're going into this research and you're discovering all these things, these rituals, this symbolism you start seeing it everywhere and it's really hard to uh you know separate that from okay now i gotta go back and do something you know do something else or like go to work you're like oh my god this is happening all the time i mean i think the the occult rejects blew my mind when they said the you know the the apple on the iphone right it's the forbidden fruit it's the Mm -hmm. the bitten apple from adam and eve i was like oh my god this because this thing this iphone this this smartphone is some sort of we have access to vast amounts of information, both good and bad. So, you know, once you start seeing it, it's hard to unsee it and it can make life. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say difficult, but scary. Right. You start seeing stuff and you're like, whoa, man, I did not want to. Uh, you know, I ruined uh, the favorite, my favorite thing like baseball. Right. Once you realize that it's a Freemasonic sort of ritual you're like fuck now i can't watch the texas rangers play without seeing you know what the fuck's going on here yeah i think one of the things the main things you hit on is this merger of technology technology and spiritualism is what they're i think one of the main agendas that they're trying to bring us towards right now with the metaverse and there, there's all kinds of things that they're doing in Silicon Valley and these super tech geeks that are trying to combine psychedelics and um, occult rituals into the metaverse. And it's it's a scary thing what these guys are into. Uh, you know, you hear things like Jordy Rose working at D-Wave trying to 
uh, talk about trying to contact entities that are in different dimensions using quantum techniques. It's insane. And these guys, like I said, they definitely believe in this stuff. Um, have you ever had any uh, unexplained or paranormal experiences yourself? Um. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if, if anyone listening uh, knows this, but uh, it, there's a tradition in, uh, you know, live stage performance theaters, right, that most theaters are haunted uh, by either a good or a bad entity or sometimes multiple. And so there's been many a late night spent uh, at the theater by myself, maybe with one other person working on a show, building a set or something. And you just see some weird shit i mean uh just recently i think i got into work early one day and i was talking to uh, my coworker about what we are going to do for the day and i'm looking at him and off to the left behind the the set i see like a white flash just like run across right and we're probably the only people in the building and i took a second finished the conversation walked back and then i I went uh, through the shop and saw down this hallway, another one white flash just run, you know, as if it was running out the door. And finally, I went up to my coworker and I said, have you because he stayed there all night. He was working all night. And I said, did you see it? Did you see anything weird last night? And he goes, oh, the white thing. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I just uh, turned the music up really loud and left it alone. <laughs> and then um, at the the theater I went to in, in college, um, several people had committed suicide in the in the building right in the theater because uh, most actors are uh, mentally ill have lots of issues and things like that uh, and a few had committed suicide there and uh, what was his name I can't remember the ghost's name uh, but he loved the the story was he loved theater very much he uh, loved the rehearsal process and stuff so oftentimes during rehearsals late at night um, you know, you have your director and your crew and stuff sitting in the audience watching. And then there's always it's those fold up seats, right? You know, where you have to kind of fold it down to sit in it. And then when you get up, it goes back up. Right. Um, there's always a seat that was down somewhere different uh, audience. It's not like it was the same seat every time. There's always. No one was sitting in. Um, I think his name was Knox. And so he loved to watch the rehearsal process and things like that, which was I, I saw many times out there. Under the light, you can see no one sitting in a chair yet. It's down. Um, yeah, lots of things go on in theaters, man. Very strange. And uh, one more that I'll, I'll mention is the, the university I went to had acquired somehow uh, a vast number of African tribal artifacts. Actually, this picture behind me um, is a uh, was part of that uh, collection. This is just a photo, so it's not. I don't believe it's haunted. Um, but these these artifacts were all from different tribes in Africa, and they were um, underneath one of the shops at the at the school in this closet. And you would often hear yelling, screaming, uh, what seemed sounded like fighting going on uh, when you're up, you know near that room. And uh, above the above it in this in the shop, you would often find pennies. Just like you'd come in one morning, and there'd be like you know, 10 or 15 pennies just laid out all over the room. It was very strange. Um, and then they, finally, they the guy who ran the shop said, OK, we got to get rid of all this stuff. And so I think they sold it to a museum or something. But I was able to take this uh, photo here uh, and I've had it ever since. But yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, very prone to those kinds of experiences. I, I know a lot of people who are. Um, but what you had mentioned earlier, too, about, you know, the kind of uh, the blending of technology and occult and spirituality. I mean, let's talk about CERN, right? I mean, that's a prime example of this kind of blending of the occult, the spiritual with this kind of high technology. Because I think once you get to a certain level of uh, physics or technology or understanding of the universe, you kind of have to enter that uh, spiritual aspect, right? Quantum entanglement, string theory, all this stuff. It, it's magic, right? It's, it's legit yeah. magic as far as we understand. So, I mean, they just turned CERN on the other day. Maybe we've, uh, and then the Guidestones fell and the, the, the uh, obelisk was struck by lightning. So maybe we entered a new timeline where the good guys are winning. <laughs> hey man, you know, that, that is a possibility to me. I, I, I'm not familiar enough with 
the things that they do at CERN. I know that they're smashing particles and they wanted to try to find the God particle and there's speculation that they're opening doors to different dimensions by doing this. I don't know for sure. I know that there's some heavy occult symbolism surrounding CERN and they've mm-hmm. supposedly done some kind of mock rituals outside and there's all kinds of crazy stories that come out about disappearing scientists and like Stranger Things type shit going on in there, but I don't know if any of that's true. But as far as the different timelines, man, I'm... I. I wholeheartedly believe that that we have infinite timelines to choose from around us at all times. It just depends on our decisions that we're making. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still do this kind of ritual where if I'm you know feel like I'm on a bad timeline or whatever, I'll step through a doorway and just state, say to myself that through this door is a different timeline and I'll enter it. And you know most of the time I'll have like a better day or a better week or things will get better for me. Um, and I think it's all about your state of mind, the decisions you're making, and uh, you know maybe things could affect uh, on a uh, kind of like quantum scale or quantum level uh our our outcome and our timeline in the direction we're headed it is very interesting but with the CERN thing man yeah I know that they're definitely doing stuff that I probably wouldn't suggest that uh we (laughs) mess with but I don't know enough about it for sure exactly man these people just think they know everything and they're they it's you're you're messing with shit that you do not understand and you gotta obviously science is all about understanding the unknown but man once you start like claiming you want to open up portals to hell and other dimensions and release some sort of you know vast energy that could you know potentially collapse the the solar system into a black hole like you got to be careful man uh, and it's interesting what you said about that doorway thing right there's actually have you ever walked into a room to get something and as soon as you step through the door you forget what you were getting yeah. and you have to go back there's actually a thing in our brains i i don't know what it's called the but it's like when you enter a new uh, a new space, your brain kind of restarts. It's like, oh, we're doing something new here, right? So uh, you often have times have to go back and be like, what the fuck was I looking for? And then you go back through the to the next room and you're like, oh, that was for that. And then you'll continue on. Um, so I think there's some validity to that. Uh, same thing with like a shower, right? Uh, I know yeah. some people have said they take a shower and they feel, you know, they enter a new space when they get out of the shower. Uh, if you take a left turn instead of a right turn, you know, your entire life changes. It's time is a fascinating thing. Uh, whether it's man-made construct or not, there's uh there's definitely something to it. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar, I'm sure you are with uh, project looking glass, right? This kind of alien tech that they were using to see into the future. And they, I don't think they could look past 2016 and that's when we entered a, a new timeline. But at the same time, CERN was uh, powered up again at that time. And I mean, all kinds of craziness uh, surrounding timelines, you know, is as crazy as it is, you kind of just have to stay grounded as best you can and just, uh, you know, do what you know, right? right. <laughs> Mess with right. what you know. Otherwise, you're going to start thinking, man, I should have done this when I could have done that. And uh, you can get in yourself, you can get yourself into a bad way. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. What about your understanding of um, the nature of reality and the possibility of multiple layers of reality that we can't see just beyond the spectrum of our vision and life Mm. that could exist in these realities? And that's what we possibly call aliens or ghosts or spirits or demons. It's just different types of entities that exist in different type of uh, densities or light scales that we can't see right and they can probably uh they may have the technology to interact with us a little better than us with them mm-hmm. well when you look at uh i guess time in kind of a cyclical fashion rather than a linear fashion um the the best i've heard it explained was uh you know ghosts aliens entities demons whatever they are uh, we're all occupying the same space. And as you said, at different densities and at different in different dimensional forms, right? So if you see a shadow in your on your wall, uh, you know, in a dark room, you know, you might be scared, but at the same time, whatever density they're on, uh, that entity is you you might be scaring them, right? Right. Because you're it's almost that there's certain times of the year, certain uh, electrical frequency, magnetic frequency, things that kind of can blend or, uh, you know, kind of cross the veils over each other. Uh, it's something I've, I've noticed, like if you never hear about ghosts uh, getting older or, uh, you know, you don't hear about modern ghosts either, right? You don't see a guy dressed in, you know, 2016 clothing 
uh, as a ghost, right? Most of the time, ghosts, when people describe them, they're in like a balder hat, uh, some sort of wool uh, cloth, uh, you know, 1920s, 1800s type clothing or even older. So it's almost as if these timelines are all time is happening all at once. And, uh, you know, just you have this crossover uh, sometimes and that's where you see a a ghost or a man walking down the street or, uh, you know, a a little kid running down the hall with a toy. And, you know, you're like, I don't have any fucking kids. What's going on here? So uh, I think that's a big possibility. I don't know if we'll ever really uh, come to a, a true understanding of that. But it is definitely fun to think about, um, you know, and then you've got simulation theory as well, which that could even be another dimension within our own, you know, this kind of quantum, uh, you know, dimension. And I, it's I've been saying this a lot recently. Rick and Morty, the cartoon show is disclosure. I think there's some there's something to it with the multiple dimensions and timelines and you know, there's a, a infinite amount of you and me. And, you know, if one of us dies, we could just swap out and, you know, get the other one. And uh, I, I, it's it's a silly show, obviously, but I think there's some there's some validity to kind of how the the mechanics work in that kind of scenario. But I, like I said, I don't know if we'll ever really figure it out. Uh, and I'm I'm just a, a podcaster, man. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to have fun and see see what possibilities there are. I think that's uh I think that's the fun of it, right? Yeah, exactly. I love exploring the possibilities. And as far as the nature of reality, I'm all over the place with this. And, you know, my thoughts and theories change and evolve all the time. But I just recently heard this individual who's supposedly um, a whistleblower. He, he worked for some three-letter letter agencies, contracted for some high-level individuals. And Supposedly, he uh, he says he's learned about the nature of aliens and um, our our reality here, and he says that we're basically um, a soul harvesting form. That there are these highly um, advanced entities that are in control of the planet that uh, kind of recycle our souls for energy here and they kind of live off of us for energy and that's the whole purpose of our existence and to Mm -hmm. me that's pretty damn depressing i'd like to uh, (laughs) really consider other options but uh one of the other ones is that and this is the one that i kind of i enjoy and i kind of considered this one myself is that we may have created this whole reality for ourselves that what we consider evil entities or bad people, they're, they're all part of this kind of simulation to expand our consciousness and help us grow spiritually and it, it, for our consciousness evolution purposes. And we mm-hmm. chose to put ourselves in here, and after we you know exit and grow, there's something much better. But that's just my uh, kind of ideal idea of what the nature of reality is. But I don't really like the, the thought that we're being soul harvested by some aliens. Well, that, that's an ancient story, man. It goes back yeah. to like the Anunnaki, the Elohim, all those things. That's an ancient story. I actually just watched um, uh, Jupiter ascending last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's that's exactly what you just said. You know, they harvest. Yeah. Uh, they are humans, but they with their advanced technology, these aliens that are humans, they just harvest uh, human souls and life forces to live forever. Uh, you know, they're like, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of years old and uh, Earth is just a, a, a claim. One of, you know, it's like a royal like, OK, this is your section of the universe. This is our section. It's and, like their big form. It's just yeah, it's a, it, exactly, man. And I, I don't like that uh, theory, but uh, based on how much, uh, you know, kind of going back to the occult spiritual thing, once you realize how much uh, energy on a spiritual level we are uh, either losing or giving up to these uh, events, these people, uh, these entities. Uh, you, you, it, it has some validity to that that theory that they're, you know, we are just here to, you know, get get sucked, as they say. <laughs> yeah, it goes, uh, and all you look at the Gnostic scriptures and the Gnostic mm-hmm, texts, it's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. This demiurge took over our reality, and just you, it's. That's it. We're we're in it, and we can't escape from whatever these soul harvers, our energy sucking entities, are. That's in control of us, and that's pretty bleak to me. I don't know. I like your theory more. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard it best uh, when I've asked people to describe the the nature of reality. Uh, I think it was the Mad Hatter, uh, who if you haven't yet, have him on your show. He's great. Um, he, uh, I'll send you his info. But he said this is Earth School. You know what I mean? We're here. 
we are spiritual beings, we are divine beings, but when, when we're here, whatever we're experiencing now, we're here to learn and grow and hopefully go on to the next step, right? It's just like school. If you don't pass, you get held back and you got to take it all over again. So it's earth school is kind of the, the best way that I've seen it, right? If you, uh, maybe not reincarnation, but maybe it's that cycle. You just, you have to keep repeating it until you get it right. Like groundhog day or something like that. So that's how I like to look at it. Cause then it, there's a little, maybe a little more purpose in it, you know, be, be kind, be, uh, uh, not be just, not just be kind, but like try to learn and try to help people and try to grow your mm-hmm. spirit, uh, the best way you can. And that's hard for a lot of people. It's not an easy task. Certainly not. You know, life is not easy. And, uh, <laughs> however you want to try to understand it, if it works for you, man, I'm, I'm all for it. As long as you're not an asshole, I'm not anti anything. I'm anti asshole. Just don't be an asshole. <laughs> That's it. You can do whatever you want, but man, just try not to be a dick all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very well said. Um, now I want to go back to the state that we're in, uh, as a, a planet, as a society and where we mm-hmm. could be heading, uh, as a community, I think that we probably, uh, when, when I'm talking about community, I'm talking about free thinkers. I'm talking about people who are probably on the right side of history, people who don't just blindly follow the agendas and aren't in the woke culture. I think mm-hmm. that this community is in the majority, and I don't think that they would ever let us know this from the mainstream media, from anything that we're ever going to see on TV, any politician, any large group. They want to, us to think that we are the minority, and not only that, that we're a dangerous minority, and we got to mm-hmm. – we got to be dealt with. But in reality, I think we're the majority and that's a huge illusion that they want to keep us, you know, in this little box. But I think once we realize that we're the majority, that's it for them. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that we, uh, there's more of us than them? Oh, oh, well, certainly there are. And you can kind of, if you look at things, uh, everything that's been going on, you can kind of see there's a concerted effort to make us feel like we are the minority, right? Like with the woke culture, it's, everywhere it's on every tv show every commercial every form of media i think besides uh well even podcasts you know the corporate ones it's very very woke very uh politically correct um all most the majority of our institutions whether they're government or educational or business or corporate or whatever it is there's this kind of uh uh what so all these things are infiltrated by this ideology to make everybody feel like uh, this is the majority, right? This is the the main culture. Like everyone is LGBTQ, everyone is, is trans, all this stuff. And it's like, really, I think gays make up like, and I, I say gays, including everybody, all the, you know, all the letters, um, yeah. you know, it's like 6%. And then trans right. is like 1% of that. It's really not a big thing, but once, and I think this is right out of the the communist playbook is to to lift up the, the social minorities and give them power to kind of shut down the actual majority. And I love what you said too, that, you know, most people are kind of where we are, whether they're as into it as we are, right. Whether they're as passionate about this, the, how they speak and the things they do. Uh, I think most people just want to be left alone. They just want to have a good job and, you know, raise their kids and not, you know, not pay as much in taxes and, you know, things like that. And I, so I think the middle, if we're talking politically, right, the right and the left, I think I'd say probably 70% of people are somewhere in the middle. And then you have your extreme rights, your extreme lefts. Um, and those are the loudest voices, right? Those are the loudest things. And then you can take, if you get out of that paradigm, the left versus right, then you have the, the poor and the rich, right? The ultra poor and the ultra rich, um, and to have, you know, just have the poor people fight with each other, you know, have the middle class fight with the lower class. And, you know, if you look at it, we're all basically lower class because, uh, you know, the elites have the money and the power. And, um, there's certainly more of us, I guess, normal people than these so-called elites, but they control the institutions. They control the military. They control the governments around the world. I mean, Klaus Schwab, I'm, how was this guy able to, <laughs> infiltrate all of these world governments i mean almost every single country man in the in the western world i think it's a deliberate uh deliberate is that right a collapse that is being planned some sort you know it's part of the great reset they want us to eat the bugs and live in the pods and uh work in the metaverse you know all these things and um 
But I think most people don't want that. It's just a very, very loud minority. And, um, and I'm not even talking minority is like, you know, blacks or Asians or whatever. I mean, like just these people that want the world to go a certain way, they're extremely small minority, but they have a, a, the control of all these institutions. So I think we have to start. Uh, I don't know what the solution is. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's multiple solutions, right? But I think we have to start creating new institutions, creating new forms of communication, new forms of uh, doing business and things like that. But it's, it's not easy because we've been in this system for so long that it's hard to just start over without some sort of drastic, you know, revolution or war. And I don't think most, I think most people don't want that, right? They don't want to see that. But I mean, otherwise it's just a long road, you know, it's a long road of, of work. And it's got, I think it's going to be a generational thing. Honestly, mm-hmm. if you look at the generations coming up now, they're a lot of them are like cool with, you know, the LGBT and the woke stuff, but they're like, we don't care. You know what I mean? Just leave us alone. Like do whatever you want. I'll call you whatever you want, but like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man. I'm seeing that a lot with younger kids now. They're, they just, they go along with it, but they're like, I don't fucking care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I see it. I see that too. You're you're spot on with that. And earlier we were talking about these kind of desired outcomes from all these agendas, mm. how they mm. never really fully come to fruition. One of these looming type of uh, threats uh, is this scarcity, um, this uh, illusion of scarcity, the the food, the illusion of that we're we're food shortages and the gas prices uh, are you know inevitably going to be to, to price everybody out as well as all the prices of food and everything else and this is another one of those looming kind of catastrophes that it makes me wonder will it get to the point where we're in Mad Max world and the whole thing collapses and we're fighting for scraps of food or is it just another one of those things to get people perpetually strung out or strung along in fear you know I think it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, I probably don't, I don't think we'll probably ever get to that sort of Mad Max world. It might be fun, <laughs> but I think, I think once we, if we do get to that point, I don't think the the powers that be want that to happen because they know then that all these people who have been preparing, who have uh, guns, who have storable food, who have, you know, th- that are actually, you know, trained and skilled people like, like carpenters, like mechanics, like former military, all these people who do you think they're going to come after, right? If 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 the shit hits the fan, you know, who's going to survive? One, I don't think they want the people who will survive to survive. I think most of those people are hardened people and uh, got good heads on their shoulders, and I think they'll make it. Um, but as far as the the scarcity thing, I think anytime scarcity is is mentioned, I think it's a it's a fear tactic, right? Uh, to make you, I think their desired outcome is to make you more dependent on uh, the government or the systems, uh, the powers that be. Um, but I think a lot of people are taking this, this fear that they're seeing and putting it on themselves to, uh, be responsible for their, their, their families and and their own lives, which I think is overall a good thing. But yeah, man, I, I, I live in Texas, right. And, uh, you know, they say we're overpopulated. They say there's not enough, uh, land or not enough, uh, resources and stuff, man, just drive through Texas, go from one end of Texas to another. There's so much fucking room. I mean, there's so many resources, so many untapped, uh, uh natural resources and, uh, you know, possibilities just in my state, right. Just in Texas. Um, and if you drive across the country, you'll see it too. There's tons of land. It's just this illusion that people have being crammed into these cities and these suburban areas where obviously the work is, where the money is, where the uh, gathered resources are. But because they're all cramming into these small spaces, they think the whole world is like that. And it's really not, man. I mean, I'm in a small town, but everything's so spread out, you know, and it's that I still have to drive a little bit way, a little ways to go to the grocery store and things like that. But it's because there's so much room, there's so much uh, available uh, land and you know, things like that. Obviously certain places are, you know, we're in the desert area. So water's an issue sometimes, but it's not like, you know, the meat, we're the meat capital, the cattle capital of the country right here in West Texas. I mean, there's so many goddamn cows and you see that news story uh, where in Kansas, it was like a hundred degrees or something. And all these like 3000 cows died all at once. I'm like, bitch, it was 120 here in the fields in Texas and all our cows are fine. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just those fear things. I think it's to uh, make you think uh, they want you to feel bad. 
um, when it comes to like climate change, right? They want you to think that you, the individual are the, are the problem. And when they say they needed to produce carbon, in my opinion, uh, we're carbon-based life forms. We're the carbon that they want to reduce, but no one ever stops to think about, okay, who's the biggest polluter in the world? Uh, not just, uh, I guess, let's say business, right? It's the United States military. Mm-hmm. And then you look at all these other countries around the world who are developing and, 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 and industrializing. No one's telling them to, you know, it's really to, to stop their shit. It's, it's focused on these Western countries that are actually pretty eco-friendly for the most part, right? Obviously, pollution ba- is bad, um, but I think there's an, I'm just rambling here. I'm sorry, man. No, you're <laughs> I good. Think there's an, I think there's enough to go around, man. And uh, the, the earth provides... Um, I, if you look at, I mean, say what you will about Elon Musk, but he says that, you know, we don't have enough people. We don't have enough people to continue the growth that we're, we're having now. So we have to, you know, make more people. Uh, and I'm, I'm all about it, man. God said, uh, I, whether you believe in God or not, he said, go forth and multiply baby. And multiplying <laughs> is one of the best things you can do on this earth. I mean, I don't have kids, but trying is fun. Yeah, man. <laughs> Right on, oh man, that's that's a wonderful note to end on. Uh, well, how about this? Do you have hope? Do you do you think that uh, we could possibly mm. pull out of this? Yes, man. As you said, um, I think uh, the power of the individual is a great thing. Um, I think that we will come out of this. A lot of it is just nonsense, and a lot of it's just bullshit. Obviously, there are always good times, and there are always bad times. I think we're just on the tail end of that cycle right now. But I do see us coming out on the other side. Um, and it might be a situation where there's just kind of two worlds. You know what I mean? The, the Those who want the new world order and the great reset and those who don't. And I think people will go about their their merry ways. So, yes, I do have hope. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep on keeping on, man. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family and do what you can to uh, help your neighbors out, too. That's a big thing. We don't do that as much as we used to. Help your neighbors out. Get to know them. That's a big sure. thing. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. I, I really do appreciate it. Yeah, man, I love it. Great stuff. We're going to have to definitely do this again in the future. Uh, yeah, you got to come on my show. Oh, yeah, anytime. Just let me know a date and time. Uh, before you head out, let the audience know where they can find the Big Dumb Podcast, social media, all your good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, I'm finally at the point where if you Google the Big Dumb Podcast or search it, uh, I'll pop up. I'm on nice. all podcast platforms, including Podcasting 2.0. Um, I'm on Instagram, the big dumb underscore podcast. That's the best way to reach me. And then uh, I have a link tree that will be in the description as well. So all my links to everything, merch, whatever you want, it'll all be there. Um, so yeah, man, thanks again. I really do appreciate it. This was fun and, uh, I'll have to get you on my show soon. Yeah, man. Like I said, just name a date and time. I'll be there. This was fantastic. Kyle, thank you so much. And we'll definitely do this again sometime in the future. Thank you for sure. Until next time, everyone have an excellent evening. Let's talk again tomorrow. See y'all then.